And I was like, I'll be there. I'll be there. I'm just like, I, I, I have to not travel. And so I'm sure I'm not going to throw up. Like, it will just have to wait. <laughs> wow. And so I got there and then I, I had a, a, a spiked seltzer and that took my hangover away. And I was like, this is how people become alcoholics. That's very true. Yeah. But, uh, but that was my Saturday. <laughs> Today's Sunday. Fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> of you joining us for the very first time this is icon or wycon the show where we break down your favorite film universes one flick at a time my name is andrew david sotomayor and i'm here as always with the dirt to my mound mr cj laroche <laughs> jesus christmas <laughs> the dirt so i'm dirt under your feet or i'm the essential ingredient to your reaching for the sky. My my intention was essential ingredient. Okay, great. Yeah, but, but I, I, I laughed as it was coming out because I was like, I just called it dirt. <laughs> yeah, CJ Dirt here yeah. coming to you uh, live from the basement in Berkeley. Uh, Andrew, I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, this is this is uh, week two of the Hollywood Ball, uh, and we are discussing a very important movie about an even more important man. Uh, it's a biopic. It's it's a it's a tearjerker. It makes you angry. It makes you excited. It, it ends in triumph. Uh, you you feel everything along the way. It is forty two. Amazing the story of Jackie Robinson. Yeah, uh, terrific film. My goodness, <laughs> like, yeah. it's so good. Do you know what's funny? A bit of an aside. Do you ever notice that we pronounce biopic wrong? We do? Yeah, shouldn't it be pronounced biopic? Not not we, but I mean, most people say biopic. Yeah, no, it should. But, you know, we grew up uh, with the uh, the bionic man. Mm-hmm. So anytime that we see a, a six-letter word that has bio in it, it's bio. Regardless, just made that up. Not it was, a real yeah. thing. No, but I was here for it. I, not I was a real thing. I loved the bionic woman. I liked that show better. Okay. Yeah, I thought she was, she was super interesting. Oh, they're both very interesting, but yeah, no, the the those seventies sort of like superhero movies or TV shows, right? Wonder Woman, The Incredible Hulk, The Six Million Dollar Man, Six Million Dollar Man, yeah, yeah, so good. Now, did I make up the Bionic Man? You did. It's Six Million Dollar Man and Bionic Woman. Okay, great. Yeah, so that's what I meant. But you were you went with me and you said that you liked the bionic woman better. Well, of course you did. It was the only bionic. <laughs> now, which which one of us is later at night here? Because, you know, there's no excuse for me. I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely 1030 where I'm at. Yeah. Good Lord. Ah, but let's dive into this movie. This movie is super interesting. It says a lot of amazing things. I got to be honest with you. I didn't really know the history of this story a lot, you know? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just tangentially familiar with Jackie Robinson's story. So this movie was really uh, eye opening for me because I understood the accomplishments. I I understood like the laundry list, but to see it portrayed in such a way from left to right, to watch, to go on this journey with him, to see, Mm. to see how, 
Ricky chose him and how Ricky was going to, was trying to do a thing and his motivations are not clear for a long time or they evolve. I can't decide. it's, It's interesting. You know, there's so many things, um, that went into in real life, getting Jackie Robinson to the major leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not the least of which was uh, it, it was in fact, Wendell Smith who recommended Jackie Robinson to branch Ricky. Oh, really? Yes. Um, and also, you know, going, going back to the gentleman's agreement in baseball, I mean, you know, African-American players were not always, uh, banned, right? They weren't always uh, not allowed to play. It wasn't until the early, late 1800s, early 1900s with a racist motherfucker named Cap Anson who was a player manager for the Chicago Cubs and a great player, but he refused to play against teams with African-Americans on them. And that evolved into the gentleman's agreement uh, where major league owners said, okay, great. You won't hire anyone on any African-Americans, I won't hire any African-Americans. And so it went. Uh, but the movement to get, you know, to, to break the, the, the color barrier actually began in the 30s with Wendell Smith. Um, you know, he was one of the first uh, sort of activists to get this done. Uh, Branch Rickey, the story that he tells later in the movie, absolutely true. Uh, he so he was, yes, yeah, so he was there. He wanted, you know, he couldn't, he couldn't stand it anymore. Right. He was mad as hell and he wasn't going to take it anymore. And he said, fuck it, I'm going to do this. Also, the death in the early 40s of another um, just awful, awful bigot named Kennesaw Mountain Landis, who was the commissioner of baseball, who really like fought to keep that gentleman's agreement and to keep African-Americans out of baseball. Uh, He died. And they got a new commissioner and all of a sudden, you know, everybody just started saying, okay, great guys, let's figure this out. These guys are too good, you know, and like, like selfishly, there's too much money to Mm -hmm. be brought in. You know, there is a demographic, there is a market there. So like, let's figure out how to exploit it. Sorry, reality. That's real. Right. Um, But, you know, when I think I just get so sad when I think about, the Satchel Pages and the Josh Gibsons of the world, you know, guys who played in the Negro Leagues who never got a shot to really show what they could do. I mean, Satchel Page came in much later. Um, you know, he was in his late 40s and dominating hitters. Imagine if we had had him in his prime. Josh Gibson, it's rumored, hit over 800 home runs, the record by Babe Ruth, 714, you know, and then later broken by Hank Aaron, an African-American, mm-hmm. 755. Uh, another guy named Bonds hit a bunch of home runs, but I don't count those because he used steroids. Ooh, allegedly. Oh, allegedly. Allegedly. Um, but yeah, so there's a whole bunch of stuff that's not in this film, um, you know, because there's just not enough time. There's not enough time. And they, what's funny is the film is actually pretty concise. They, yeah. they really cherry pick uh, the juicy story beats that we have. Sure. To, I mean, not afraid of a fast forward. They'll jump forward in time. Yeah. to get you where they need you to be like for the storyline. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I was here for it. I think it's fascinating. And I love hearing you with all of these details because I'm watching this film and I'm like, this is s- some incredible history that I did not know. And what a failure of my education that 
in my late thirties, I'm educating myself on these things. And, 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 and <laughs> no, no, it's not, it's not a failure on your part, Andrew. I mean, when you think about the story that they tell about Jack getting, you know, a Jack, like we're, like we're buds, uh, him getting, him getting court-martialed in the, in the military, right? He yeah. refused to move to the back of a bus 10 years before Rosa Parks did. Oh, wow. You know what I'm saying? So like this man is really at the forefront and it, it makes sense that he wouldn't, you know, that they wouldn't really teach this in school. Right. Because it's like, Oh, well that's a sports story. Yeah. Well, no, no. Jackie Robinson transcends. It's incredible. You know, his journey is out of control. Yeah. It's yeah, quite no powerful. Question. And, you know, I was sort of introduced to Jackie Robinson by my dad, you know, we're, mm. we're a Brooklyn Dodger family became a Met family when the Dodgers moved west um but he told me everything and then you know his widow rachel i mean she's been in the public eye you know even before he died i mean he she was always there and she's an amazing woman um and just the, the two of them have done so much not only for baseball you know not only for the african-american community but for the fucking country man mm -hmm. like without them who knows where we are today? You know, Martin Luther King said Jackie Robinson was a sit-in before was a sitter before sit-ins were a thing. He was a freedom rider before freedom rides. Wow. That's great. So you brought up Rachel. And I want to know, is it cinematic uh, sort of storytelling or did he really want to get married right away? That I'm that I'm not sure of. Because that's such um, a dates, cute detail. It's so sweet. The dates line up. Okay. You know, and it would make sense given the time period, right? Like mm. you wanted to make sure that you had something stable. You were able to provide. Um, so it would make sense that, you know, he got his first major league, minor league contract. And it's he time to get married. The phone. Yeah. Um, one liberty they did take was the trip down to Daytona. Uh. Um, they were waylaid. But, you know, it's not known whether or not she used a whites only bathroom. And that's why they bumped her. They bumped them off the plane. But that's great. Like, yeah. that is such a great piece of storytelling. To that was say, a great like, moment. Okay, yeah. Yeah. This is very important. You know, mm -hmm. not only did the men like like Jackie was in the beginning at the gas station, but the women, everybody had to deal with this humiliation of segregation. Yeah. And to 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 make that woman, you know, behind the counter, like that's her motivation. I think it I think it's great. I think it's a wonderful way to sort of convey, you know, guys, everything sucked well, and, <laughs> in America and, at this and, time. And even if it is fictional, it, it it's fiction in service of the greater story elements. Do you know what I mean? No like there, there's yeah. enough nonfiction for us to bite down on that that one little detail just really sort of it helps things line up like there's there's some movie fudging that always happens when you right. bring these things to the screen i mean the queen biopic was complete fiction yeah i think it's it pronounced biopic oh thank you <laughs> that was a callback um so this montreal sequence when he's first getting his sea legs if you will you know sure mm-hmm that was some of the most interesting game playing for me. Okay. Yes. Expand. Well, the thing is you're seeing, he's so comfortable on the field, but this situation that he's in to join 
Montreal and all of the opposition that he gets just showing up is such a moment of extreme discomfort. And he has to barrel through that to show, because he's because like he, he knows that he's going to get called up, but there's the whole process of proving his worth to the organization in yeah. Montreal, right? Yeah. And so they get him there, and, and he's there understanding that the end game is for him to be part of the Brooklyn Dodgers. Correct. But, man, that, that first sequence of him getting out there with those guys is so hard to watch. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great word. Discomfort. It's just, you know, yeah. The, uh, the, the director, Brian Helgland does a great job of making you uncomfortable. Yes. You know, putting you in those uncomfortable situations with Jackie, you know, so that way, not only do you feel that discomfort and you can, you know, you start to relate, how can we possibly relate, but you start to relate to the character, like on a, I'm watching a movie level. Mm. Um, so that way, when when he does make it, you know, when when the triumph does happen, when he does overcome, um, it's so gratifying. And there's so many moments like that in this movie. Yeah. Um, you know, not I mean, not the least of which is when they get the hell out of Florida. You know, when they find when when uh, Smith is like, um, so, yeah, so uh, some dude came by and, and we're fucking real in big trouble. And Jackie's like, oh, my God, why did you tell me? I thought I got cut, you know, and he's laughing about it. And you're like, oh, OK, so now I can exhale. And then, you know, Smith does the great move and he gets he gets them out of there. Um, but, yeah, no. And then he finally gets to to get into the big leagues. He, his first at bat, he beats out a ground ball and the racist umpire calls him out. Yeah, it's it's really it's really <laughs> fucked up, and it's it was such a great choice that I, I, he going back to the word discomfort. He really forces the viewers into the discomfort of it, like the Chapman taunting. The Chapman taunting was very very oh. uncomfortable, and it oh was and it went on for so long. He stayed yep. in that beat for so long, and watching him go, uh, is it the dugout? Where where did he go? The gangway. Okay, so that's that's the tunnel to the clubhouse. The tunnel to the clubhouse. I knew it had a yeah. name, and I knew yeah. I didn't know it. <laughs> but watching him go back, and we didn't even talk about Harrison Ford. No, I mean Harrison Ford should have his own segment. We should probably like, <laughs> yeah. give that the the fucking weight it deserves. Um, he was but yeah, so, so great talk in this about, movie. Talk about Chapman, right? Like, let's yeah. stick with that. Alan Tudyk. Um, holy crap! Does he do a great job? of portraying somebody who is so close-minded insanely right? and aggressively racist yeah aggressively how, a horrible racist yeah and here we are again with the word discomfort like how uncomfortable must that have been for him as an actor <laughs> to be yelling at another actor you know yeah. who's playing jackie robinson but is his name is chadwick boseman yeah you know what I'm saying? And to have that be, a, you know, and, and the way that they, they both play that scene so well. Um, it's so good. And then, yeah, you know, so when, when Jackie goes into the tunnel and, 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 and Ricky comes to him again, not sure that we know that that happened, but sure. uh, they say but that Rachel Robinson didn't fight it, you know, to, to include that scene. Of course he must've had a moment like that. You know, and and Chadwick Boseman, a relatively unknown actor at this time. At this time, yes. Chadwick, 
Bozeman, oh, the late great. So Chadwick amazing. Bozeman, that scene when he is just pouring all that emotion out and beating that bat. Oh my God, it's heartbreaking. It's so, it's, it's an incredible performance. It's an incredible an performance. Incredible performance. Um, it, it also gives us the first moment that you see a teammate come around. And yes. you see the teammates see that in action. They're like, that's actually really fucked up. He's totally, yep. Eddie, totally Eddie nice guy. Great player. Like, yep. yep. Eddie Stanky had had enough, you know, and, yeah. and the real life ranch Ricky said that Ben Chapman might've been responsible for the Dodgers going to the world series that year. Wow. He united the team. Yeah. You know, they finally said like, you know what? Fuck it. This guy's our teammate. Like, yeah. like we, this, we're not going to put up with this shit anymore. You know, like he's he's a great ball player, and he's also not a terrible person. We're finding out. Yeah, you know? and we and 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 the thing that Jackie Robinson did was he made all those you know northern and southern boys start to question their upbringing. Mm-hmm. You know, later in the film, when you see that kid in Cincinnati who's like a little unsure about hearing you know them yell these racial racial epithets, and then all of a sudden he just joins in. Why? Because everyone else is doing it. Yeah. You know, and yeah. the, 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 the boys in Brooklyn, like eventually that, you know, most of them came around and then most of the rest of the league started to come around. I mean, Larry Doby is another African-American ball player who made his debut in 1947, not as heralded, not as great a team, you know, mm-hmm. uh, not New York, right. Cleveland. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure that he started to change people's minds, you know, and it's just, it's just so fucking sad that like it not only in the 40s and 50s and 60s and 70s and 80s and 90s and today and today it's still happening where kids are being indoctrinated into this hateful culture oh yeah oh yeah regularly it's regularly so, and so and, sad and I, it doesn't make sense and we keep learning that it doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? Like th- these events in the world teach us that this aggressive racism is insane and cruel. And it, it just keeps happening. Like the yeah. cycle is so buried deep in American culture. Yeah. It's no, bizarre. And, and, you know, fortunately, like Jackie Robinson could hit the ball, run the bases and field it. And he somehow was able to change people's minds you just wish that like there were more of him to go around yeah or that he didn't have to go through all of that yeah and 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 peewee reese you know that that scene again like we're not sure if he put his arm around him but there's a statue in in brooklyn outside of keyspan park or that very scene because of how important that moment is yeah that was a great moment i love what he said to him too and he's like "It, it it i need to tell my family what kind of man i am yeah Oh, come on. Yeah. And that that's, you know, that's the kid from um, that weird X-Files movie. Lucas Black. Yeah. Lucas yeah. Black. He's so good. That that accent is so thick. You think it's fake. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's so thick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, going back to galvanizing the team for a moment. Yep. So when the team started that whole petition bullshit. Yep. Actual so, event. Yep. And DeRocher goes and yells at them. Mm-hmm. Christopher right. Maloney, great turn by Christopher Maloney, as usual. And it's so good. He's such a, it's such a great, like, twist on the sports movie coach fit. 
You know, yeah, yeah. you get the manager fit. It, it's, it happens in every single movie and it happens so early. And then they followed up with his suspension. And I was like, yep. no, you just got me on board with him. <laughs> you just got me on board with him. And then he yeah. suspended. And because I was like, great, you know, because Jackie's going to have an ally. And again, me not knowing the story, I was like, oh, yeah, we're going to get some great Chadwick Boseman, Chris Maloney seats. Nope, not a one. Not one. Not nope. a one. Not one. Yeah, no, DeRocher, man. And, and he that that's the guy that coined the phrase, nice guys finish last. Oh, wow. That's where we get that yeah. from. Why was yeah. he suspended? His, his uh, lifestyle? It was, yeah, he there was a bunch of stuff. He was connected to a gambler and mm-hmm. that woman. Yeah, no. So getting they, messy. They, were, they were after him for a while, yeah, because, you know, very successful, uh, but not clean whatsoever, you yeah. know, especially not for 1940s life. My God. Insanity. Um, when he got cleated, that was yep. horrific. Yep. yep. Enos Slaughter, uh, reputation for cleating everybody. It's called spiking. He got oh, spiked. Spiking. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but he did that a lot. So when he was asked about it, he sort of had the same response to Chapman. No, I do it to everybody. Yeah. Um, doesn't really have a history of being a racist at any other point in time. Um, but again, it's a great scene to just show you that Jackie Robinson was like, you know what, guys? No, don't you dare fucking throw at him. Just get him out. Yeah. Play We're the game. Beat him on the field. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We're going to break their hearts, not their, not their necks. And do you know what else is really funny for a movie that upends so many of the sports tr- movie tropes, you sure. know, and, and gives you so many interesting versions of things you're familiar with. It's, it's innately the most sports movieist at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because when uh, I, it ends with the Austin Mueller showdown at the end, I was just yeah. like, oh, of course this asshole's back. And yeah. they even, they even cut over, they even cut over to the guy bitching about Pittsburgh again. Yeah. Yeah. And then in the epilogue have a whole Pittsburgh joke about uh, what's his name? Dixie. Yeah. Dixie Walker. Terrible name. Yeah. Jesus. Don't get me started. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's uh, it, it it's there's a there are some moments in this movie that are like a little over the top, um, but again they get you on board early. Yeah, you know? well, and it's so and, good, it's so evenly good, you know, like it's right. it's very well put together. Yeah, I loved no, it. And and Chadwick Boseman, I mean, it, it, a short short of like being Jackie Robinson himself, <laughs> he does a fantastic job. I don't know how much archival footage you watched of Jackie, but I mean, he looks just like him, his dancing on the bases, his batting stance, the way he runs, like it's, it's crazy. And, you know, it's not going back and watching this film again. It's like, Oh my God. Yeah, no, of course. Right. Chadwick Boseman kind of like made his name doing this movie. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was so good and so well received. Um, But it came out in May. Right. Yeah. If this movie had come out earlier or later, Harrison Ford would have a golden statue. Really? No question. His portrayal of Branch Rickey in this movie, whether you know anything about Branch Rickey or not, is flawless, in my opinion. See, I don't know how accurate the impression was, but the performance was brilliant. I didn't know it was Harrison Ford for about a half an hour. 
you don't know. There are times yeah. where you like you're watching it and you forget. Yeah, and and you know I, I mean? think I think we gotta sweep under the rug. The he does the same voice that he does for everything, but you forget <laughs> yeah. because he's so good. He's so invested, and and every he knows exactly what the story that he's telling is. It's incredible. It's great. The casting in this movie is great. T.R. Knight is wonderful as well. T.R. Knight, uh, the other guy from Grey's Anatomy, uh, James Pickens Jr. Yeah. No, the casting wonderful is... Wonderful in a, in, a, in a very small role. Um, the casting's great. Also, it's photographed... Hamish Linklater as Ralph Branca. Hamish Linklater was great. It's, it's really well cast, really well put together, and it's just beautifully shot. Yeah. The scene where oh, Rachel's no. walking the baby carriage through Brooklyn... Oh, at the end. Oh my God, the costumes. <laughs> weeping, yeah, weeping. Yeah. And, the and the whole, how the whole the neighborhood is like, yeah. Yeah, this, I mean, you believe you're in Brooklyn in 1947, you know, there's the no way question. it's, it's the triple cut though. Cause they give the three of them their beat to take in that news. Yep. So you, see, you see Jackie on the field. You see Rachel in the streets, hearing it on the radio. And you see, uh, Ricky in the empty stadium. Yeah. It's beautiful. Some beautiful, beautiful filmmaking. And it's just a great, a great movie about a great man. And it's exquisitely executed. And I was bowled over by it. What a delightful watch. I really, really liked it. Yeah, no. And, And I think the one thing that they really successfully avoid, and I'm not sure it could be the scene where Branch Rickey is sort of explaining why he was the one to do this and why, mm. you know, now is the time. It avoids the white savior complex. Yes. You know what I'm saying? It like, it does it like Jackie Robinson didn't need Branch Rickey. Branch Rickey needed, needed Jackie, Jackie Robinson. Robinson. And they make that very <laughs> you know? clear. They yeah. make that very clear. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's wonderful. And it's, you know, it's, I'm telling you, man, like, 40, 40 minutes in, and I I was like on the verge of tears four or five times. So you know, good. it's a great and film. It's a great film. And just thinking about, you know, Branch Rickey would go on to man, uh, be the general manager of the Pittsburgh Pirates, ironically, later <laughs> on. And he brought Roberto Clemente to baseball. You know, so he, the man the man didn't care about anything but winning. <laughs> <laughs> And he knew what he had to do to win. You know? I love it. And to think, just I just when I'm watching this movie, you know, being the the nerd that I am, I think about Don Newcomb. I think about Roy Campanella. I think about Henry Aaron, Willie Mays, Andre Dawson, Jim Rice, Jimmy Rollins, Ryan Howard. I could go on and on and on and on and on. I think about Roberto Clemente. I think about Bartolo Colon, Roberto Alomar, Francisco Lindor, you know, to, to an even greater extent, I think about Shohei Otani, Masahiro Tanaka, Ichiro Suzuki. I think about all of the non-white baseball players that have changed the game and contributed in, in immeasurable ways to the sport that I love that they never would have seen the field had it not been for number 42. And when you think about that, when you think about what that man had to endure and everything that came after him, 
he might be the greatest human being that ever lived. That's amazing. It's amazing to think about it like that, to wrap your mind around uh, the long-term effects of what that level of sacrifice is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, and how it changed. And, and we learned from, um, not only from For Love of the Game, but for, for Field of Dreams and how embedded uh, baseball is in American culture. Yeah. And the fact that it, he revolutionized the game yeah. with his journey is really, really powerful and really incredible. It's, it's, it's phenomenal. And this, this film does like the most amazing job of telling that story. And, you know, even if, even if you're not a baseball fan, again, like here we are in the same sentence, like you still understand the impact. Oh, listen, I'm you know? just, I'm just now, I'm just eight movies into my baseball journey, <laughs> but I'm sold. I'm sold. Yeah. It's, it's been a good crop of movies to get me excited about the game. And like, man, this is just, this is just one of the strongest ones of the bunch. Oh yeah. Like this is a fantastic film. It's a fantastic film. Yeah. Yeah. We should take a break. Let's do it. You know, CJ, this is one of our pandemic traditions that I'm so glad we were super consistent with because I really am starting to see the results of all of our work on this podcast. It's pretty great. Now, where are you seeing results, Andrew? Like in your midsection, um, like in your, your chest area, where, where are the results happening best for you? Because I could use some. Listen, my chest area is on fire, but really it's because my heart is so full from all the engagement we've been getting on our social media. I mean, I'm talking, oh, to, I'm talking to people absolutely. on the Instagram, I'm talking to people on the Twitter, and I want to do more of it. The 18 listeners have really started to engage. Uh, we appreciate you. We see you. Uh, we're very excited to have you. Yeah. So I think that, Andrew, where can where can the people who may be 19, 20, 21, where can they find us? Listen, at Icon or Ycon, both on Twitter and Instagram. And we have gotten way more active than we ever were. So remember those 15 episodes where we kind of lied to you about communicating with us? They're, it's true now. We're actually there and we want to hear from you. So I say go for it. Just do it. Yeah. Log on, log in, trip out. <laughs> back to the show. And we're back. Yes, we are. The break is over. Did you have a good break, CJ? I did. I did. In 2000, and I think it was 11, I broke my toe and got <laughs> ran over by the Rock Island train. It's the what's, only bone I've ever broken. What's the Rock Island train? What's the Rock Island train? What kind of music director are you? He's a what? Wait. He's a what? He's a music man, and he sells clarinets to the kids in the town. And the big bass brace, big bass brace, and the piccolo, the piccolo uniforms too, with the shiny gold. I could go on. You know, yeah, I don't know the Rock music Island man train. that well. Oh, it's fantastic! It's coming back to the Broadway. I know. Uh, I hear people have feelings about it. Well, okay. Moving on. Moving um, on. <laughs> I think. I think we we got really really deep into many aspects about this film and and how this film relates to the world at large and i think we need to focus our argument i think we need to hone it in and i think i'm going to surprise you by saying it's time to answer some ephemeral questions well ephemeral questions are up to bat we'll continue to dive into this and that what worked yes yes and what did not work 
did the flick make it onto your desert isle? Andrew's bonus question is sure to make you smile for sure. <laughs> yes, yes, let's waste no more time. <laughs> Woo! CJ, that was one of your best tunes. That's the Jackie Robinson song, man. That was great. That was really, really great. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. Hope I did it justice. I think you did. What worked for you about this movie? And pick one thing, because I feel like we spent 30 minutes talking about how everything worked. (laughs) No, I know. Uh, I just want to give a quick shout out to uh, the two people in this movie that I did shows with. Andre Holland Mm -hmm. as Wendell Smith and Hamish Linklater as Ralph Branca. Um, and that sort of leads me to to what really worked for me, the cast. And it's always the cast for me, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. But when there's good, solid acting, when I see people that have done their homework, mm-hmm. you know, especially in a period piece like this, man, yeah. um, you know, they're 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 playing real people. They're they've got you know they've got sort of a template, but they all honor it. Um, and Nicole Bahari, Bahari. Nicole B. I mean, she is just ridiculous as Rachel Robinson. She's an incredible actress. Yeah, I've never seen anybody sort of just like, I mean, and she's she's beautiful, obviously, and she's so um what's the word? Not dignified, but I mean, there's just such a dignity to her. She's elegant. She's fucking elegant, man. Elegant, yeah. that's the word. She's yeah. very elegant. She takes she's there's such a presence too. When oh it's, my god. The scene where she takes his cap off of him and says, you're hugging the plate too hard. Yeah, stop lunging. <laughs> lunging. Stop lunging for the plate. Yeah, and, like, and oh, for like, me, really? <laughs> the scene where like, where like I was like, okay, I'm sold on this person is when she puts the baby down. Mm. You know, she's like, it's fucking cold outside. I don't want him to get a chill, you know? And she, she sort of plays it because that's when like, that's the Chapman game, mm-hmm. right? And so she plays like this ominous, like something really, she has like a feeling, mm. right? Like a maternal instinct in her bones. Something bad's going to happen. No, I think everybody just sort of understand. And even like, you know, Alan Tudyk and uh, the uh, Dixie and Kirby, you know, those actors, like that's, that's hard work. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, to like, just be something that is not good, <laughs> but again, convicted. Yeah. They right? went like for it. Everybody went convicted. for it. Everybody went for it. And that for me was, um, you know, the sort of the biggest uh, triumph in a, in a, in, in a, in two hours of triumphs. Mm. So that's, that's what worked for me. Um, what did you pick? You know, it's funny. You picked the cast. I picked the direction. Okay. Yep. Fair. Uh, because like, it's, it's the way the story segmented that is so attractive to me. I just mm. really love where the chapter breaks fall. I really love how internally each chapter is very self-contained and really lines up unto itself. It has its own payoff at the end. Like it's almost vignette without being vignette. And also all of the actors know that they're in the same movie. Do you know what I mean? They're all being in the same movie and that falls on the director. And when you can see all these, I mean, because think about the Chapman taunting. Mm -hmm. He goes big. Yep. He goes so big, but there's a line where it's not cartoony. It's big enough to make you uncomfortable, you know? Yes. It's big yeah. enough for you to buy it. And he goes so big. And then uh, juxtapose that with Chadwick's meltdown in the tunnel. It's right. big. He's playing it's really big. big. It's huge. 
but it's they're all in the same movie and it's yep. so good it's human yeah yeah they're all human yeah yeah and even even um dixie it just brooding in the background he spends the whole movie brooding and being silently upset yep. that he, that he's the odd man out now because yep. he was the majority sure but even his yeah. performance is so good and they could have yeah. turned them into cartoon racists so easily they could so have turned simple. they could have turned ricky into the white savior so easily and they managed that that tone is so even and he really keeps them just like right on a good bubble where it's big enough oh, yeah. but it's big oh, yeah. i mean it's it's movie and the scene right. that the 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 sort of slow mo walk where she's in brooklyn with the baby carriage at the very end that scene is so captivating he knew that that was the most beautiful thing the way the camera lingers on all of the mustards and the browns and the CPS, you know what I mean? It's it's so good. Yeah, he he did a fantastic job assembling the colors, this movie. The it, colors and the costumes. It's yeah. so good. It's so good. That's what worked yeah. for me. I was just like, I was like, you nailed that, man. Everybody, every department knows what this is supposed to look like. Right. So good. Right. Uh, what did not work for you? Well, <laughs> not exactly something that didn't work for me. Um, you know, knowing what I know and knowing about Larry Doby, Don Newcomb, Roy mm. Campanella, right? Like the guys that came in. This is the story of Jackie Robinson, right? Mm. But Jackie Robinson, it, it's bigger, right? Like Jackie encompasses so much more. And I understand that like, how the hell are you going to do it? But like Larry Doby was playing at the same time, mm. you know? Yeah. And he was playing, he was playing in the Midwest Yeah. where, oh my God, it must've been awful. So for me, oh, hey, great hat. Andrew's got his Mets hat on everybody. So. <laughs> you just noticed? I just noticed because it was, the brim was up. Oh yeah. yeah. Cause I wear, I wear um, it back. Yeah, I don't know where you would do it or how you would do it or how you would include it, but I feel like in general, Larry Doby is forgotten, mm. you know, and Bill Veck, who owned the Cleveland Indians, who hired, who signed Larry Doby, he tried to buy the Philadelphia Phillies and he was going to stock it with black players. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was his plan. And of course, commissioner got wind of that and they made sure that the Phillies were sold to someone else. Um, so for me, it's it's just, I always feel like in any mention of Jackie Robinson, Larry Doby sort of gets brushed to the side. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I don't know where you put Larry Doby in a biopic about Jackie Robinson, but he was there too. And he was going through the same shit. Um, so that's the only thing that sort of not exactly (laughs) okay okay yeah yeah but uh i'd love to hear your thoughts uh i I touched on it a little bit in the first half hour uh it's it's almost too sports movie for its own good (laughs) and and i'm talking about uh that first scene and it made me nervous honestly i'll be honest with you that scene um with tr knight and harrison ford when he's first like cooking up the idea of hiring an African-American ball player. Yeah. And he talks about money, how, about the, that demographic, the African-American yep. community and that their money is green and that whole thing. Yep. And then 
you hear the French horn come in. And I was like, oh, no, mm -mm. it's way, it's way too early for that. They will come. It, yeah. It's way too early for that. And he was, and, and it, it's one of the first tropes that they do. And when you watch the rest of the movie, they upend sports movie tropes throughout. Like they give yeah. you all of the beats, but they're always a little bit different, but they do what they're supposed to do. But that was, if that, I was like, oh man, it's way too early for all that French horn. And then I started laughing later because we get to the end and the brass is so big at the end. And I was like, you only have that much brass because you blew it in the first 10 minutes. You didn't guide me up to the French horn solo. You started with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. So I would counter, uh, I would counter with that moment of Branch Rickey deciding that this is what he was going to do. Warranted a French horn solo. Okay. I, I would. I mean, I would. Okay. I, would I mean, that, that it deserves that. You know, um, you know, and you, I'll let you and Wayne Barker work out like the illustration <laughs> of it. But I, I feel like it's, that's an important, mo that's an important enough of a moment that we could, we could conceivably justify that. It, it is. It is. I think the big gripe I have with it is that it's an act three speech at the top of act one. Sure. Sure, but I think that for people that maybe don't know the history, it needed to set it up. I think it up. it's important. Yeah, I think it's okay. got to be there. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, I can get aboard with it. I can get aboard with it. Um, does this movie make your Desert Island top five? Okay, now, <laughs> do I have to kick a movie off? I never know the rules. <laughs> um, I think you're overthinking it. I think I'm you get, always... let's say you get a clean slate for every movie. Oh, great. Then yes. Absolutely. Yeah, that's the new rule. You got a clean yeah, save yeah. for every movie. Yeah. No, I'm going to watch this movie again in a week or two. <laughs> it's um, really good. I would too. It's really good. And you know, like, like I said, I miss Chadwick. I haven't said that yet, but I miss Chadwick. Um, I'm really sad that oh, we're not the amazing get movies that we didn't get the amazing yeah. movies that we didn't get. Yeah. But we have this one. Um, mm -hmm. And you know, I, I, I like to fire this one up around the start of every baseball season um, but also to like, you know, Brooklyn Dodgers, that it, it, it holds a very, very sacred place in my family. And so I, I would, I would be remiss, you know, I would, I would be struck by lightning if I didn't bring 42 onto the desert Island. Um, especially because like one of the Santa Claus movies, I think is on there too. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, 42 <laughs> has to be, um, yeah. So what about, what about you? I mean, last week I was a little surprised that Moneyball was not going to be watched again. Yeah. Um, but, but I'd, I'd, I'm ready now. I'm ready to hear your answer on 42's Desert Isle status. Well, you know, if we're going for your rubric, I brought Last Jedi onto the Desert Isle, so I got to bring 42. Yeah, it's true. No, no, no. I, you know what's funny? I, I, this movie has so much candy in it, you know? Yeah. There's just, there, there's so much to enjoy. You could literally pick one thing and be like, this time I'm just going to observe the color story. Mm. Like, and just see what everybody's wearing and how exposed the negative is. Like, and just yeah. look at how, because he really, it's very, very deliberate with the costuming and the way it's shot. And like, or you could be like, this time I'm just gonna watch every scene and watch Dixie's face. Cause like <laughs> yeah. he's sourpuss in the background, but like sourpuss with a motivation, you know, like you could, there's a million different ways to watch this movie. 
and it still be enjoyable. This time I'm going to watch just for Rachel because Rachel is legit having her own movie the whole time. Oh my God. She's so good. Oh, she was amazing. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it absolutely makes my dozen on top five because I want to watch it again. And, and, and now I have to, you know, rethink my thoughts on the French horn. Yeah. Take a look at it and just think about the historical significance of that moment. And maybe it's and, French horn. You know, you can't, you can't undersell it. Yeah. See, it's funny because I wasn't thinking about the historical significance. I was thinking about its slot in the three act form. Yeah, you and can't. So, and so, and it, you because, can't. You can't. That's not fair. Yeah. That's not fair because big picture really does deserve that weight. And you need to tell big. your audience that it, it deserves that weight. You're, you're right. It's too you're big right. A moment. Yeah. You're right. Um, all right. Ready, random bonus question. Who writes the musical? 42. Yeah. Well, my first instinct, so my trivial pursuit answer would be Aaron's and Flaherty. Oh, they would do a good job. Right, because the historical aspect of it, they do, you know, and they know they know how to how to write for a time period, mm. you know, um, that has to involve many cultures. Right, mm-hmm. looking at you, ragtime. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so I would say Aaron's and Flaherty, but like if they weren't available. And I needed a composer. Huh. Can I, can I have Rodgers and Hammerstein? I think you can. Okay. The, people forget that R&H tackled some heavy shit back in the day too. Oh, no question. Yeah. No question. And, and yeah. Yeah. So I would say I'm going to go Aaron's and Flaherty one, Rodgers and Hammerstein two. Okay. Yeah. I can't wait to hear your answer. Uh, I'm going to go with somebody contemporary. Yeah. I'm going to go with Michael R. Jackson, composer of A Strange <laughs> okay. Loop. Sure. I, you know why? Because he is such an interesting writer. Mm. And the music is so right now. Yeah. What do you sound like on a period piece? That shit's going to be fucking bonkers creative. Yeah. You know, like it's going to yeah. sound amazing. It's going to sound so fresh and so interesting. I yeah. think, Yeah. That's my dream. Totally. And like was, the racist songs, like the the Dixie Walkers and the the Kirby's. You yeah, know, like what are those lyrics gonna be? You know what I mean? Those oh, lyrics are gonna be yeah. insane. Yeah. And the music's gonna be very it's gonna be dark. Yeah, but cool. It's gonna be it's gonna be like um um Caiaphas. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, I think that would be a really, really cool, fresh take on it. Yeah. Because because it's a period piece, you could go classic. That's why I totally see the Rodgers and Hammerstein. Totally yeah. see the Aaron's and Flaherty. They're, they're really good fits. Right. But we could also do something that's a we bit could do out something of the box. Totally different. Yeah. A bit out of the box and make a really cool Jackie Robinson musical. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, yeah, Let's yeah. pitch it. All right. What's your special award? Well, you said the words a couple of times. Uh, so I'm going to give the, uh, the Lena de Bruzen award <laughs> to 42. I don't know many, if many, anyone who's not familiar with Lena de Bruzen, uh, she did a music video on YouTube, uh, some years ago called period piece. <laughs> it's so um, good. I, I actually saw that video before I met Lena. Yeah. Yeah. I had not, uh, I used it to internet stalker, um, before she <laughs> became my wife, but, uh, yeah, that one's about menstruation, but this one is about they nail the period piece. No, oh, it's so good. 
Like I, you know, some questionable CGI notwithstanding, I felt like I was at Ebbets Field and Forbes Field and Crosley Field and Brooklyn in 1947. You know, like they fucking nailed it. It's so good. The colors that we keep talking about, the costumes that we've mentioned, um, you know, the 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 cinematography, the photography, everything about it. Like it is just an outstanding period piece. And I would be remiss if I didn't talk about Lena's period piece as, <laughs> as well. So it is the Lena de Bruzen award to 42. That is fantastic. And what a full circle moment because today I helped Lena in her creation of another video. Right. And so right. I'm a small part of this pantheon of the Lena de Bruzen creative output. Yeah. If you haven't already follow Lena D. Oh YouTube. yeah. She's amazing. We're She's both great. big fans. You married her. Yeah, absolutely. You hang out with her. Yeah. Free of charge. Free of charge. <laughs> What's your special award? Thank you. I was waiting. I gave you a nice little pause to like. Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, I was, you know, to make sure I involve you in the conversation. <laughs> oh, thanks. I feel included now. Oh, it's good. It's my pleasure. <laughs> All right. My special award. I don't think you're ready for my special award. Oh boy. Okay. Do I need to sit down? I've been sitting do. this whole yeah, time. Yeah. Do you I need, need to, to stand up? You you might need to stand up so you can have the opportunity to sit down again. My special award is the you actually physically stood up and sat down, and it's so basic. Uh, the okay. test of time award. Okay, yeah. The Test of Time Award. I talked about it a little bit and how you can watch this movie a million different ways. And it's so fascinating that this movie isn't more famous because it's so good. Yeah. You know, it's really I good. it's and and what's funny when you talk about the Chadwick Boseman Uvul, mm. um it doesn't get brought up enough. No. It's kind of considered no. his early work, you know? Yeah. No, and uh, nobody talks about the the Harrison like this is one of Harrison Ford's best days. Yeah, yeah, it's really really solid. And so I think I think that over time film students will start watching this movie and we'll see a period of directors borrowing from this movie when they craft their biopics. Yeah. No, it's 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 pretty it's pretty flawless. I mean, it's just really well put together. It's the assembly yeah. is so solid and so there's, strong. There's some melodrama, but still, it's like melodrama that makes you cry. It, so. It's it, it's the it's the level of it is so even. It's big enough. Yeah, it's heightened because it's it's a different period, you know. But like you're watching real people. Yeah, going through real situations with real going stakes, historical like shit. Yeah, and they, <laughs> for and lack they, of a better term. Yeah, and and they they allow the magnitude of the history to have the weight it deserves, but they don't make it so big that you start seeing these people as like otherworldly cartoon characters. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's very clear that they're real people that went through the shit. Yeah, and it's, it's and no, really and ironically, exciting. it's the racist manager in Montreal who's like, well, maybe he is superhuman. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I love this. So I think I think test of time word. I don't think because I, I remember this movie, and I was I was working on a musical 
that took place during this time period. And they asked me to watch the end credits because the way the song was utilized it was mm. the Winona Car song. The way the Winona Car song was used over the epilogue, they wanted me to look at that. They're like that's how okay. it should fit together. And yeah. so I kind of that's the only part of this movie that I'd seen for research for another project. And uh, I was like, what what a shame that I didn't just like watch the entire thing. That it just didn't hit my radar. Test of time, man. Yeah, that's great. Totally, I'm I'm definitely on board with that. Awesome. And I'm not I'm not bored with it. It sounded like I said I was bored with it. No, I'm no, not, you're, I'm you're on, board. on board. Thank you for clarifying. I'm on board. Yeah. That's like that's like when you say somebody's the shit, and then you clap and be like, "I just want you to know that, like, <laughs> I, know, I don't think they're actually shit." Like, poop. Yeah, <laughs> the shit. Uh, but we digress. We digress. Is this film an icon or a Y-con? I mean, this why film not? is this film is an icon if so, it's yeah. a movie. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's, it's fucking it's, amazing. It's about it's about an icon. It's got some freaking icons in it. Um, it's just so well done. Uh, and yeah, it's the very definition of icon and I'm glad that we fit it in here in the Hollywood ball. Yeah. And I'm glad that you got to see it for real. And, yeah. Uh, and I look forward to watching it again real soon. Yeah. It's awesome. It's awesome. I agree. Wholeheartedly agree. It's absolutely icon status. Like I, my special word is literally about film students will study it forever. I think yeah. it's so solid. And I really, really can't wait to see it, it. You know, it did well too. It made money, so it just yeah. didn't just didn't make the splash. Yeah, no. I mean, I think I think it's a baseball movie. I think yeah. sports movies have trouble really being, you know, culturally yeah, it, impactful. You know, and when you when you think about like the cultural impact of you know Moneyball with yeah. like everybody, you know. Well, uh, and just using data again and again. Shout out to Kyle Burns for pointing that out to me. Um, but you know, the, I think with, with this movie being a period piece, you know, the cultural impact was like already felt. Mm -hmm. So it didn't really have that punch that it sort of, that sports movies need to get over the hump. Well, and, and also it's late for this movie, you know? Yeah. It's a well, great, it it's a great movie, but the, it, it was really 1992 to 97 was your like golden age of hollywood baseball movies yeah for sure and you also know? you can't you can't overlook the may release oh yeah you're yeah the may release is not no. a great look for this movie no but you know they did it and it's so good no. uh speaking of 90s movies our, our next one is a doozy and it's from that this aforementioned period where baseball movies were such a thing the beginning of it actually it sure is. Yeah. Um, we're going back in time uh, a couple of years to World War II. So we're like in the thick of the war. Uh, a lot of the famous baseball players, Joe DiMaggio, Ted Williams, et cetera, they've been sent, Bob Feller, they've been sent off to war. And we need to have some baseball. So they form the... All-American Girls Professional Baseball League. I almost broke into the song there. I was hoping you would. because I almost broke okay. into the song, but I feel like I have to save it, don't I? I feel like... Um, yeah, well, you know be... what? I, I, I think so we have some guests with us next week. Oh, we uh, do? We do. We have some guests. Uh, okay. Yes, my friends Penn and Sarah are going to come and talk to us yes. about A League of Their Own. They're big fans of the movie. They actually have a very successful podcast of their Very own good. called don't tease the animals so it'll be it'll be great 
to uh, have some fellow podcasters on the show. It'd be great. I always love having a, a feminine presence, you know, sure. and they really want to talk about this movie with us and I'm excited. So, yeah, but it's going to be a race to see who busts out the song first. With them? Oh yeah. 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 They oh, might, boy. Oh, they might beat us to it. I'm not, Okay. I, I promise you they will actually. Like okay. challenge accepted. Yeah. Uh just real quick, uh 42 was released in April. I kept saying May. You did. It's you actually, really you really hung up on it. It's actually April. It's Does April. this change April your 4. argument? No, no, no. Still same thing. Same April, May. It's the same fucking month. Mm, April. Let's be honest. But I just wanted to be, I just wanted to let everybody know that it's April, wasn't it? Well, listen, I don't want you to get fat shit. Fat. <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck <laughs> did you just say? It is after eleven where Andrew is. I'd like to apologize for his. I meant to say. Check? I meant to say fact checked, and I said fat checked. and got well, so you know embarrassed. I'd love to get a fat check for this episode, but we're not going. To, we're not getting paid for this. All right, maybe I gotta grab the pinchy things. You need to grab the fucking editing machine at the end of this podcast. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, all right. <laughs> well, I think it's about time for us to call it good, sir. I think so. Yeah. You all need right. To get some sleep, and we need to we need to put forty two to to bed and and say say a sweet sweet good night to it because wow, what a great movie. Fantastic movie. For Icon or Wicon, I'm Andrew David Sotomayor. I'm CJ LaRoche. And we'll see you on the next episode of Icon or Wicon. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs>